You are now tuning into another Sincerely Shameless podcast, featuring your host, content creator, and shameless ambassador, Sarah J. Girl, where you been at? Listen, can I explain? Let me explain. Honestly, we just need to catch up. So let's catch up. It has been literally four months and nine days since I have sat in this seat looking outside at this Von Mar building in Beaver Creek, Ohio. What's up? <laughs> It is your favorite host, Sarah J of the Sincerely Shameless Podcast. And as promised in the first few seconds of the introduction of season five opener, we gonna catch up. So can I just be candid with y'all? Can I just like have some like real talk moments? Like don't take notes on this part. Take notes on the second section of it. Um, Real talk. The last episode that I completed was August 21st. I believe I pre-recorded that um, somewhere on like August 18th. On August 7th, my father passed. Um, it was an interesting moment. Everything that happened and built up to it was just super interesting, but it went a little something like this. Um, we had transitioned out of said nursing home, which I will not say names of because I know my fans love me and I know my family loves me and y'all gonna send some threat letters and I don't want y'all threatening the good people, okay, of Dayton, Ohio. But it's in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> um, they, um, we transitioned and we had a real conversation with my dad, like, hey, you know, like hospice, you know, and he's like, well, is this for, you know, palliative care to make me comfortable or is this like, this is the moment. I'm like, dad, they are refusing to do any more treatment. They are not, going to run any more tests like you have lost a lot of weight and you can't take any more medicine so this is unfortunately not palliative care but this is the moment and he was like okay I said all right and so we went to his room over at hospice and it was a beautiful place beautiful scenery I mean the plants were gorgeous and all in this moment my heart is breaking because while at the time I did not know it and I could not identify it, every image that I had going forward of what my life would look like, um, you know, the daddy-daughter things, you know, um, the weddings, the the babies, all those things that haven't happened were literally crumbling <laughs> as we are moving him in. Um, and... Um, he gets into his room. Everything is just fine. And um, we go three days. And so at the time I was working two jobs, currently still am working two God, jobs. God is good though. Amen. Um, and I remember going to work at my athletica location in the morning and work waitressing at night. And on the fourth day, I remember calling my younger sister and saying like, hey, I am no doctor. I failed every nursing class I've ever taken known to mankind, but psychology but I think it's time for you to come down. These might be like the days. And so um, she said, sure, no problem. 
She bundled up her kids, got my mom in the vehicle. They arrived at 4 a.m. That morning, I got up around 7 a.m., hit the gym, went to work, got um, hit the gym, went and visited with them early morning. Left, went to Athletica work, left Athletica work. And as I was about to get in the car to go visit one more time with my dad and go back to the restaurant, I remember feeling this gut-wrenching feeling that like you can't go to that other job today like you're needed and I said okay so I stood right out front of um the restaurant where I work at and I called and I said hey I'm not gonna be able to make it and they were like well what's the reason I was like um don't really have a reason but I'm not gonna be able to make it and I remember leaving there um Getting off work, leaving around 3.32. I got to the hospice place maybe around 3.55. I remember sitting and just kind of watching my dad go through the motions of his body shutting down. And um, at 4.32, he took his last breath. And it was such a... um, strange time because... My dad was a very well-known person, and so people were still visiting, making their rounds. And um, I looked at my little sister. She looked at me, and she said, that he's gone. I said, okay. And we kind of just sat with it for about two to three minutes. And five minutes later, the silence broke. Everyone was in the room. People were trying to take pictures so they can make their posts on Facebook And I thought to myself, how insensitive. (laughs) I literally did. I'm thinking to myself, huh, is this what it's going to be like? So people, family, friends, don't be that person. Do not be that person, okay? We get it. You love that person. Don't be up in hospice or in the hospital room or at the house trying to take pictures like don't be that person, right? So they come in, they run through the procedures. Not sure if any of you that is listening have experienced this. Um, It is a, it's nothing you can ever in your life prepare for, ever. So whatever blog is telling you prepare for death, seven steps, please thumbs down it, unsubscribe it, and report it to spam because there is no way you can prepare for it. Even if they're like, hey, someone's going to die in like two minutes. You're going to be like, oh, okay. No, that's not how that works. But so to get back to the story, um, in that moment, everyone's like in literal shock, but people are like having their their moments. And me and my little sister are just kind of looking around. But in an instant, you know, my nieces and nephews who are literally just babies, they're five and eight. And this moment just kind of broke my heart, but I smiled a bit. My nephew jumps on my dad and he's like, wake up, Papa. And I'm just like, get him down. <laughs> I can't take it. Like, you know, but how do you explain that, you know, to a five-year-old? And I'm sitting here like somebody come explain it to me, a 31-year-old, like help. We all need help. So that is how that kind of went. And I will not bog you down with the family drama that I experienced going forward as far as planning the funeral, writing the obituary, showing up to the funeral, actually eating afterwards and trying to grieve in the process and still keep it together. But let's just say y'all be acting up. And if ain't nobody else told you, Please hear it from me first. Don't be acting like that. I don't know why weddings and funerals be bringing the most out of my community, but y'all need to stop. <laughs> Please and thank you. 
Okay. So from there, um, I have experienced a myriad of just different emotions. Um, I've been more committed to the gym than I've been committed to communicating. I have been less in the mood and more in the moment. I've still been unimpressed, but eager to see the best. So it's just this interesting transition, which um, honestly, that's going to be what the topic of discussion is about. Oh, y'all thought I was just going to story time, y'all? Nope. So we're going to take a quick little break and we're coming back with um, the topic. And um, this is where you get your pen and pad to take notes. All right, guys, I hope y'all enjoyed that break. I also want to go ahead and brag on myself a little bit. Y'all notice those new sounds or whatever? That is not Anchor's best, okay? I went and sought out those sounds, and I learned how to, like, embed those into the Anchor app. So big ups for me for working at IT. Boom. All right, so I know I promised you guys a really good topic, even after my um, candidly Sarah J story time with y'all. But um, I really want to talk about good grief. And I know that sounds strange hearing it and even sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but I think it's a thing um, because I'm experiencing it. So um, I would be absolutely 1000% remiss if I did not acknowledge that we have all lost something from 2019, 2017, 1992. Okay, I'm still mad, but okay. Um, we have all lost something, whether it was a person, place, or thing, we have all lost something. And there is no such thing as just moving on from it. Um, there are steps, there's a process, there's time, there's tears, there's, you know, moments, memories, all of those things bottled up in an everyday life. Okay. So, I kind of want to speak to that about the good grief of it all. Um, and there is a such thing as good grief, you know. Um, I know we have spoken about grief on um, this here podcast, but I want to dig a little deeper and I want to do the inner workings of how shame can impact the grieving process and or um, stifle that. So there are five stages in grief. And um, they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And statistically, most people spend a majority of their life in the first four stages, which are denial, anger, bargaining, and depression. And it may sound like some clinical review, but if you think about trauma in childhood and trying to deny what really happened to create a false reality because you lost your innocence in childhood or you lost um, a moment that shouldn't have been taken or um, a thought process, then it's simple. You know, we can materialize it and make it very simple. And um, I would like to say 
for myself, I think 99% of the population is grieving something, someone, or someplace. So I can only speak from what I have experienced. And over the years, especially with having a platform like this, I have learned that you can't razzle-dazzle everybody's things with really big, beautiful, psychological, fluffy words and being the profound one in the building. Sometimes it is really okay to just say, I can't relate. Um, So there are places and areas that I can't relate in, but I think we all can relate in the area of grief. Rather, it was big grief, little grief, um, loved one, job, loved one and job, best friend, spouse, child, pinky toe, whatever the case may be, we have all lost something. So um, I would even like to go a step further and say, there are some people that are probably listening that would say they didn't lose someone, they lost themselves. Um, And that's big. And so I kind of wanted to just talk about that for a minute. You know, I kind of wanted to do a check-in with you and ask, what are you grieving? What have you lost in the last decade, in the last five years, five months, five minutes? Um, Loss of sanity, loss of memory, a loss of what you thought it should have looked like, a loss of vision, and you get stuck there. And then I'd like to go a step further and ask you, what stage are you in? Um, is it denial? Do you think you can still recreate that or I can still get back to that? Or is it angry, um, or anger? Is it anger? And, um, the pop-off is so real on your behalf. Is it bargaining where you try to kind of, oh, well, if, you know, maybe if this, then that, and, you know, you kind of toy around with it, or is it depression? Like, you just don't talk about it. Nobody can bring it up. It's a sensitive subject. Everyone knows, you know, but nobody wants to talk about it. And when you hear about it or think about it, or if anything looks particularly almost the same or similar, then you shut down completely. Um, And we'll get to acceptance. Um, But I don't want to continue to step on your toes. I want you to take this journey for yourself, but I'll step on mine (laughs) and I'll tell you where I'm at. Um, In all honesty, my voice cracked in story time, okay? I am still in um, the bargaining stage. Um. The bargaining of what if I had kids sooner, like my dad would have met them or, you know, what if I, if I could just get it right with these men and just like actually just do a relationship right, my dad would have met him. Um, you know, what if, you know, I made it work with the first man I was in love with, um, then my dad would have already been at the wedding and he would have walked me down the aisle. And then, you know, you get to that upper level self beat up okay then you start going like why does the wedding even matter like why he had to be there for all that like why we couldn't have those other moments why in third grade he couldn't show up you know you start getting real loony okay um (laughs) you start asking yourself like like that like why you just couldn't come to my orchestra concert like you could have saw i was a rock star like all right Mm. that is the stage i'm in you know and um I think my bargaining 
when I do that to myself, then I immediately am just left with there is no response because he's not Lazarus, okay? Jesus ain't pulling him up from the grave to come make my moments, you know, my wedding, my baby shower, um, my, you know, engagement party, all of which I don't have. <laughs> um, he's not coming up for that, you know? Um, so then I just get sad, okay? Like when you, like, it's kind of like anger. Anger is such a dead emotion. I don't know if y'all know that, but it's such a dead emotion. Like you can't really do anything with it. Like, so you just get sad. Like you can do some stuff, but after you do it, then the reality sets in that you did something that you probably will regret for the rest of your life or you're not too proud of. Then you just get sad because you really can't do anything with it. And then sadness is even worse because now not only could you not do anything with that, you can't, you you really ain't going to do much with nothing with sadness, but sulk and you sulk and then it just becomes this vicious cycle. And then the next day, then that's where shame kicks in because you realize like, wow, I wasted 24 hours of my life, precious time that my dad doesn't have, you know, you know, nail in the coffin, y'all put the nail in the coffin, right? And it's like, now I'm ashamed to admit that I was sulking and I was sad. And that's because I was bargaining, wishing that my life was a little, you get, you get what I'm saying? Like you just keep going, going, going. And it's like this rabbit hole of like YouTube of never ending. Next thing you know, you're donating your life's earnings to the whales in Wales. Right. Okay. I know I'm not the only person that does that. So that's where I'm at. Right. So that's where I'm at. So I am pushing myself daily to get to acceptance, accepting that what motivated me to move here was I want to repair this relationship with my dad. I want this daddy daughter moment. I want this like, oh, you know, Sarah, if the guys ain't acting right, leave him alone. Like he was very much like that, but it, it wasn't picturesque like I wanted it to be. So, you know, if it ain't like what we thought it was going to be, it don't count. Boom. Right. I have to accept that my motivation to move here was partially I wanted to be here for my dad, but partially I wanted to be benefited out of this. Like I wanted him to see that I'm excellent. I'm worthy of his presence. Um, I don't deserve abandonment. I don't deserve rejection. You know, we're talking all of like you know, the childhood stuff, right? The adolescent, young adult, young teen stuff, right? Like you want to show up for that. And that's where the bargaining comes in at, right? Um, and we'll use other examples. So I wanted to do that. And I needed to, I need to get past and accept that even with all the good deeds that I did, move my life around, go from a social life, Atlanta style, and Atlanta folks stand up because y'all know nobody out social lifes Atlanta. Okay. I don't care. DC. Yeah, I said it. Um, you you get to that point and you make this big change, this huge sacrifice, and you don't get anything you signed up for. So you're stuck in bargaining. And then after you bargain with it, now you're just sad because you realize, like, shoot, I wasted time bargaining with it and I still ain't getting nothing. So getting to acceptance is the workout, right? Like, and so I am pushing myself to get to acceptance, accepting that despite all the efforts that I did, my dad did not make two years. He made seven months, you know, um, 
all the working that I did, I couldn't get these nurses to be any kinder. You know, all the veganisms trying or the fried this or the holistic styles, all of those things that we as humans put to work because we want to, we want it to look how we want it to look. I have to accept that despite that coming to the end of my world, end of the road, the reality is he still passed. So let's let's bring it from a death of a person to a death of a thing and a death of a place, right? You bust your behind in school. And maybe you go to college and maybe you don't. But whatever you do for those four to seven years you commit, you are out here showing up. You are out here being that good friend. You are celebrating people and you still lose your job. You pay all your credit card debt, and then you lose your job. You got to go get back in debt. And say it's the loss of what you thought it was going to look like. You're looking out your window like this is not what I busted my behind for. It's a loss of something. And I think we get so caught up that we don't get to grieve. Or maybe we do get to grieve and we don't know that it's called grieving. Or maybe we know it's called grieving, but we just stay in anger. And so anytime something looks like what got you there, oh, nope, I ain't dealing with it. You out of there, complete shutdown. Or maybe you're just stuck in depression. And it's like, you know, you're functional. I've been that person. Might be her still right now, whatever. This y'all's example though. Um, Stuck in depression. And... You can be smiling, laughing, having a really, really great time, and um, we still can't move mentally from that place. Um, Maybe it's denial. This does not apply to me. You know, I got the homegirls who's like, girl, that don't apply. I'm like, "Mm, did you think about it, though? Maybe that's you. I don't know. Um. But wherever you are, I want you to know that you are allowed to be there. And when you accept, not the ending of the grief chart, right? Like the acceptance that I am bargaining or I I accept that I am depressed about this. I accept that I am angry about this. When you accept that, You got to let those who love you know. You got to let them know so that they take off your cape and allow you to be. You got to let them know, I don't have it today. And um, don't penalize me for that. Um, I think September, October, November, I spent less time on the phone and more time like literally just thinking. And every time a heavy conversation would come, it wasn't because I wasn't in the mood. It wasn't because I didn't want to really contribute. It was because I just didn't have nothing else to give. I'm sorry. It's gone. And, um, and not in a selfish way, not in a selfish way, because I want to be able to hear you not from what I'm experiencing, but I want to hear you from what you've got going on. And so that may take me to kind of 
move around in my funk to kind of be able to be able to listen because I want to respond with the intent to love you and not to shut you down or give you back a little bit of what I've been given, right? So let people know. All right. So I know you're probably like, Sarah, that was another sad story. That is not helping. Where is the good in this grief? I didn't think I would get here myself either, but here I am. Here's the good grief part, right? And I'm going to try to like simplify it and sum it up to the best of my ability as I have become or became or have come to understand. Ooh, that was hard. Okay. So grief shows you where you are, right? Good grief shows you where you can go. So sometimes we lose people, places, and things. It shows us our blind spots like unsaid expectations, unmet expectations, um, being able to hide behind a title or um, a place, not having to fully show up because you have a reason, right? But when you get past it, I guess biblically it says that it was good that I was afflicted. So it's kind of like you need all of it. Um, So to kind of see the full circle. So I guess I would like to kind of materialize this as something super basic. Um, I spent some time in DC with one of my very close uh, best friends. And um, we stumbled upon this restaurant called the Purple Pig. Wait a minute. Jesus, we was not in D.C. We was in Chicago. I'm sorry. Spent some time in Chicago. Happened to stumble upon this restaurant that we both did not plan or sought out for or anything like that. And um, there was this broccoli that they had. Like this is like this majorly seasoned broccoli, right? And I ate it. And it was delicious. But as I began to kind of like sort through my taste buds and kind of think what was all in it, I discovered there was anchovies. I don't like anchovies at all. But it didn't take away from the dish being delicious. Y'all see how y'all y'all see how I use food to kind of get y'all to see my little analogy. So the loss of my father, right? The loss of the job because I've lost a couple of those, y'all. The loss of the house, the loss of who I thought I was going to be, the loss of who I thought I was going to marry, the loss of I still don't have no kids yet because I'm on this journey, right? Um, I needed all of that, and I need everything else to fully see it to where the grief is now paying me back, if that makes any sense. At first, it's it's all about, oh, I'm grieving, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm in denial, I'm bargaining. I don't think we say it like that, but that's that's what we're doing, right? And um, when you can get through it and you get to acceptance, all that then pays you. And so then it becomes good grief. Like, man, I'm glad I 
made it through all those stages. Like, man, I'm glad I was able to accept that. And my life can still be abundant. You know, I'm still going to walk down that aisle, be a little gangster lean or whatever. But, you know, that's not going to hold me from not going down the aisle. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, no, my dad didn't get to meet my kids. I'm still going to have kids or am my father. (laughs) But do you see how it kind of transitions? But you can't see the transition in depression. Like you can't see it. You can't see the transition in bargaining. Like you can only see the good grief in acceptance because then you can see that life is going to go on and there are going to be bigger moments. There are going to be exciting moments. There are going to be other losses. There will be other gains. But I can say the grief that I've experienced in working through the stages um, as I embark onto acceptance, it's paying me back. There are some things that I've been set free on, like my spouse ain't got to sit between an awkward dinner with me and my dad. Freedom. (laughs) So I wanted to get to that, but I wanted to wrap up with this before we do our last segment of the podcast is no matter what stage you are in, in the grief chart, you've got to let people know. Let people know. Let the people that you love know. Let those who love you know so that they are not charging you with what they know about you, but what season you are in with you, if that makes any sense. And there is more grace, mercy, joy, there's some sadness there, there's some laughter there, there's some excitement there, and there's room. There's more than enough room for you to go through and grow through your season. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Sincerely Shameless podcast. As you can see, none of them really have titles, and we are going to flush that through as we work ourselves through season five. But basically, for the moment, I just wanted to chat with you guys about the New Year's resolutions. I have been looking at some of the trending topics. I've been looking at some of the blogs that are being released, and I am seeing that people are very, very leery about claiming what is theirs this upcoming year. And um, I would like to encourage you to not do that. I think your year is what your year can be based on the year that you want it to be. And so if you don't give your year a name, your year will not have a name. It will be a nameless year. And um, I know some of um, some of us self-destructing, shameless beings, we tend to say, well, um, if it's going to be ruined, I'd rather go ahead and ruin it. I'm going to take my ball and go. <laughs> um, instead, let's reroute and um, call it a year that you want it to be. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, well, let me be vague. Don't be vague. Be specific. Use your creativity and allow room for it to not look like what you thought it was going to look like. 
And so that leads me to what I am going to be working on this year. I um, obviously want to cancel debt because I feel like I'm obligated to say that. But it really would be nice to do that, though. And um, another thing I would really like to focus on is being more forthcoming and honest in my friendships and relationships. Um, being able to say, hey, that rubbed me the wrong way. Hey, I didn't like how that was said. And not waiting for the perfect moment, not waiting for the best timing, because truth be told, there is no best timing and there's no perfect timing. But while we have time, let me go ahead and say that, right? And I think my third and final one is not spending too much time in my emotions. I spent a lot of time last year in my emotions, Um, you know, spending time finding the right word to fit exactly how I felt. And I think that was perfect for the past year I just came out of and the experiences that I had in 2020 as well. Even the experiences leading up in 2018, I needed language for what I was feeling. Now that I have felt them and I have language for them, I no longer want to dwell in them. So I'm going to spend less time in my feelings and more time in the moment. I will be clear. I want to be concise and I want to laugh and experience joy. That is the New Year's resolution, okay? That's that's the resolution for me. And that's not something I'm going to work on in January and February, but that's going to be a January to January thing and hopefully a January to January thing again in 2024 and so forth and so on. But what about you? <laughs> what is it that you're going to work on? What is the goal? Is it a mind reset? If it is it a heart reset? Is it a change of perspective? Is it seeking out your purpose? Is it being a lot more shameless and a lot less shamed? Is it being a lot more forthcoming and a lot less secretive? Um, is it actually telling people how you feel instead of doctoring it up to something that's palliative to them? Um, Is it coming out of the shadows because you're a front runner? Is it going into the shadows because you're a shadow runner? Whatever it is, I wish you well in that. And um, it doesn't take a new year to make a new change. A new change can start any day. Thank you guys so much for listening to yet another Sincerely Shameless podcast from the shameless brand yourself. Um, From yourself to myself. (laughs) I wish you a happy new year. and. Same time, same place next Saturday.